Northwestern Master of the Arts and Sports Administration Revenue Above Replacement Podcast. I'm Bryce Clinton. We're so excited to be back for another season and bring you great guests that cover the most important topics in sports and sports business today. One of those topics, which we covered at length last season, is name, image, and likeness. The landscape in college athletics has been fundamentally changed by NIL, with everyone involved trying to determine how things are going to continue to evolve. One person helping student-athletes make sense of NIL is our guest today, Brad Bauer. Brad works for Altia Sports Partners. The name, image, and likeness launch program for elite athletic departments is the on-campus general manager of Northwestern's NIL program. Before coming to Altia Sports Partners, Brad served four years as manager of business development at Northwestern Sports Properties, the multimedia rights holder for the university's athletic department. In that role, he connected brands with Wildcat Athletics, and established integrated marketing programs to maximize opportunities for students, alumni, and supporters. Prior to his role with Northwestern Sports Properties, Brad was the manager of corporate partnerships for the Windy City Bulls, the NBA G League team of the Chicago Bulls, where he engineered partnership programs for local businesses while collaborating with the Bulls to create assets for NBA partners. He also served in sales positions with the Chicago Fire, the MLS, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Brad did his undergraduate work at Indiana University and has a master's of sports administration from Northwestern. It was such a pleasure to have Brad on the podcast and great to see all the things that he does for Northwestern student athletes. So we hope you all enjoy this conversation with Brad Bauer. Brad, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to join you. I, the, the the Kieran Kelleher episode from last year is in heavy rotation on my Google podcast, and so yeah, excited to excited to be here. We're excited to have you, and I think we were talking before we started to record. I think it's so valuable to have guests like yourself because many of our listeners are students in the program or had been students in the program. And it's so great to be able to see their peers and what they're doing now and the path to how you got there. So I guess that's a great place to start. You've had a long run in the sports industry, not only from a career perspective, but from an education perspective. So you talk about how you got to where you are today. Definitely. I've been very lucky and, you know, I'm a believer that you make your own luck. So I know I've worked hard and taken advantage of opportunities, but been very fortunate to carve out a, a career in the industry that I'm passionate about and also in a, in a market that I'm passionate about in, in Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, you know, my background really started in, in the sports industry and ticket sales with the inside sales program. Well, I started with the Arena Football League as, as an intern. I worked for the Chicago Rush for about a month before the entire league went bankrupt and the rush shut down. So that was it, it was a nice kind of way to get a intro to, to the world of sports and the way things can work sometimes. But most of my formative background is in ticket sales. I had worked with the Chicago Bulls as a part of their inside sales program. And then I moved to Milwaukee for a year to work for their ticket sales team and then back to Chicago to work for the Chicago Fire. And that was the same time I started in the Northwestern Masters in Sports Administration program. So I was working for the Fire and studying simultaneously. And through the coursework, through the MSA program, I had sort of learned the direction I wanted to take my career. Allah's class on sports marketing was 
very meaningful for me. And, and with a focus on sponsorship, I knew that that was a, a direction I wanted to take it. Fortunately, that, that was a great class because that was really the only sort of relevant sponsorship experience that, that I could scrap together to date. And so using that as, as well as some other things I had success with the fire, I was able to kind of interview internally there and get moved over into a, a sponsorship role where I you know was all in with the fire for about five years, I moved to the Burbs and, and used some old connections with the Bulls to help join their launch group for the Windy City Bulls, which was the, the G League or is the G League affiliate for the team and helped work with their team to get that a minor league started with major league resources with a focus on sponsorship and obviously creating opportunities for NBA partners at the, at the G League level. And then wasn't really necessarily looking to leave the Bulls, but because of my strong connection with Northwestern um, and the Learfield Northwestern Sports Property Sponsorship Team, I had gotten an opportunity that was sort of too good to turn down and had made the move and came back to Northwestern in, in a sponsorship sales role where I was up until last fall and still here at Northwestern, but I've changed third-party operators here and I'm working now for the sports partners heading up our NIL department. So like I said, I've been really lucky and I've made the most out of every opportunity, but it's always been with an eye towards career development and a focus on, on staying current what's next. It's quite the run. And I definitely want to get into what you're doing now. I think so much in the sports industry today and that's prevalent for our students and many of our listeners is around that NIL space as it continues to evolve. I think it's kind of a moving target and you'll be able to tell us more about that, you know, that better than we do. But I think it's interesting that you bring up, you have such a history in ticket sales. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I talk to students about all the time is they seem to be very often very averse to ticket sales, a little bit worried about the ticket sales jobs. Um, and I always see them as a gateway into a lot of different areas of an organization. And you are certainly proof of that in the sense that you parlayed that starting ticket sales into evolving ticket sales pieces. And now what you do today. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and I mean, the advice I always give in, in that regard is that ticket sales is um, and, and because I know this, because hiring managers for ticket sales roles hate to hear that, you know, the, the ticket sales position is viewed as a as an entry level or a gateway or, or a way to get in. They, they want someone who's focused on the role. And so the, the, the advice that I always give um, is, you know, you really you can bridge that gap like it. it, it you don't necessarily have to be, um, you know. Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, super diehard sales guy to 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 do well in a ticket sales role, um, and so you, you know just you, you need to sort of sort of understand what the objectives are, what's being asked of you. But the important thing, and, and this is what I always share with people when they're evaluating ticket sales roles, is that there's no better place within an organization to prove your value than in a ticket sales role, because for starters, you're you're the front line, right? You're you're cranking. It used to be phone calls. I don't know if they still do that anymore. Maybe now it's uh, you're cranking tweets all day. But you, you know, you're, there's a lot of points of contact. You're sort of on the, um, the 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 front line for the organization, and so you're 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 engaging with fans and you're um, you know getting the, the pulse of the organization on a daily basis. Um, but then more than that, your, your ticket sales is. is I mean, it's almost always the biggest department within a for for a pro sports team within their front office, and then oftentimes it, it, within a college, it, it can be one of the biggest groups. And so, as a result, there are departments that just need manpower. They need they need help. They need um, hands. And there's a lot that goes into a game production. And so, as a, as a ticket seller, as long as you're you're you understand what's being asked of you and you're able to take advantage or you're able to um, take care of what your the expectations are, then you have the advantage of being able to help support other departments and get a foot in the door with any executive staff member and walk in and just say, Hey, I want to learn about what you do. And it's, there's no better way to kind of get to know sports better. So I love it. It's, it was one of my favorite jobs that I, I'm very glad I got to do it. I'm sort of glad I don't have to do it anymore, but I, I really enjoyed it while I had it. It's a, it's a good way to describe it. And you talk about those jobs. One thing that you didn't hit on from your past, I think is really interesting is 
your work at Wimbledon back in the day as, as someone that <laughs> lived in London for a long time. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, it was cool. That, that was that, I, I've, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of really cool experiences um, working at Wimbledon was I mean, especially when you, when I talk about the luck factor, that was pure luck because I, I was a, a junior at Indiana. Um, I was not a sports major. I was a communication and cultures major. Really, my only exposure to sports was my basketball season tickets that I had as a student. So I, I just kind of, you know, when I went abroad, I picked my classes and one of the one of the four credit options was an internship. And I to me, it was like, all right, sure, I'll, I'll do this instead of a class. And it was like, tick your interest. Like, okay, um, you know, sports, live entertainment, like, all right, sure. And then when I got my sort of well, registration or welcome packet, it was like, you're working at Wimbledon two days a week, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, it was, th- there was a, um, a uh, they had just launched a new wing to the club. It's a museum, basically. They have this like holographic John McEnroe and all sorts of cool historical stuff for tennis. And so I was part of the marketing group that helped support the launch of that museum. And I, you know, I would be lying if I told you I was um, some sort of international sports mega executive as a result. I I was, you know, I was a a college junior intern where it was really just sort of marketing support, but it was really, really cool just to see how a place like that operates. Yeah, that is really cool. When I lived there, I had the opportunity to go to the the men's semifinals in 2012. It was Novak Djokovic and Roger Roger Federer. And it was that's awesome. One of, most, one of the most interesting experiences I've ever I, had. Fun, funny yeah. enough, I got the opportunity to live in the UK and, and got to go to Wimbledon and got to go to the French Open. And then through work, I, we were in Melbourne and I got to go to the Australian Open, but I've wow. never been to the US Open. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's an easy fix, right? You, you left the easy one for last, maybe. I suppose. <laughs> I, I actually, I didn't get to see any tennis when I, when I was over there. I, my internship ran from January through like late April. So I... I it was the one thing I didn't I didn't do there was see anyone actually hit a tennis ball. Well, it's interesting that you bring up tennis, and this could be a bias in, in my view in some ways. But you know, oftentimes in in the media in our courses, we talk about, for lack of a better term, the revenue generating sports, the football, the men's and women's basketball, those types of sports that bring in the revenue. But obviously, you in your role today support over 500 student-athletes in the NIL, what Northwestern does and what those student-athletes do with name, image, and likeness. And I I think it's really interesting because Adam Cook, a a professor in the program, he works for an NIL company. And he was talking on the podcast last year about how some of those athletes in sports like tennis or in sports like volleyball are doing really well because they have such an ardent following, such a niche following. And so I think it's cool to see them doing well in that sense. But if you spin that forward, can you talk a little bit about what it is you do today and sort of the constructs around name, image, and likeness as it pertains to your role, but also the university in in that regard? Yep, for sure. So yeah, so my, my position is general manager of NIL for Northwestern um, as a part of Altia Sports Partners. So I, I am uh, a Altia Sports employee that is sort of fully embedded and integrated on campus here at Northwestern um, in, this, in, in a similar fashion to how my previous role was a um, sponsorship sales re- representative for Northwestern as a part of Learfields. Uh, so, you know, the, the college athletic departments tend to function a little bit differently than professional sports teams because it's just, it's just a much bigger place. It's a much bigger ecosystem. And there's um, a lot of, a lot of factors at play. And so what Northwestern had turned to Altius early on um, in, in the sort of dawn of the NIL era as their official uh, 
growth partner and, and advisor and consultant for for NIL, and that was more so working on a, on a consulting basis directly with uh, university leadership um, on uh, policymaking and procedural, uh, just sort of big picture items. And, and and that's a relationship that's still ongoing that I'm still involved with uh, daily. Um, what, where my role kind of grew out of was the the desire and the, the need on campus here for um, sort of more more day to day boots on the ground type support, more directly for student athletes, for coaches, um, for, for staff within the university. Um, so, you know, my position has kind of been, been an evolution in, in the relationship. Um, and, and my focus is, you know, it's, it, it's really, it's being a central point of contact for, for all university stakeholders for, for NIL. So that's, you know, it's, it's impact, it, it impacts all areas. Um, my, my focus really like as a, this, this term kept coming up when I was interviewing for the role, like connecting, right. I'm, I'm a connector for, for the, for, for just about everyone within that ecosystem I had, I had mentioned. So, I mean, you know, really what I work on daily is sort of centralizing, stabilizing the NIL operation throughout uh, the department. And I mean, my, my goal, my, my North star is, um, maximizing student athlete opportunity and student athlete resources and education. Um, that's always going to be my, my most important focus. So we're, you know, we're not paid by agents or athletes or brands. We're not paid, you know, we're, we're a partner with the university and the goal is to ensure that the resources and the education are there so that everyone is empowered to take as much advantage or as little advantage as they want, as long as they're making an educated decision. I think that's extremely important in the sense that as you look at last year was really obviously when these things got going and sort of Mm -hmm. you mentioned evolving. I think that's kind of the word that, that, fits this whole space really well right now because it's it's kind of a moving target in that sense and you could see the trepidation of of folks universities and and other entities that are involved about well this is sort of ripe for problems and i think it's great that you can provide a resource for those student athletes to say hey i can help you understand these things and help make those connections and so on i think that the question that sort of rises out of that is as silly as it sounds how has it been going is there an uptake or an interest from students? The reason I ask that question is you see a lot of news about NIL deals and so on, but you oftentimes get the top line, the top level. The majority of athletes aren't those big NIL deals or those big national stage players that play in the revenue generating sports. Again, I think if you support 520 some odd athletes across different sports, not all of them are those athletes that are getting those million dollar NIL deals, which are hard to yeah. come by. And so I guess the question in that is, how has the uptake been from a Northwestern perspective across boats? Yeah, things have been really positive. They've been great. Um, and especially because you had mentioned the Olympic sports, basically outside of football, men's basketball, um, Northwestern has, has, has some really tremendously successful Olympic sport programs. We have, we, uh, our field hockey team was the 20, uh, 22 national champion that made the national finals again last year. Our women's lacrosse team has always been a sort of a powerhouse in the sport. Um, soccer had women's soccer had a great year. So we, we, we've had these Olympic sport programs that have had a lot of success, um, and so as a result, the the student athletes have, have been able to um, sort of parlay that into, like you said, I mean, these are not these sort of, you know, Dr. Pepper, massive monsters, seven figure type NIL deals, but they're, 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 they're still very important and they're, they're uh, meaningful for, for the athletes. What, even if that's just something that there is something from the local community here or the, um, uh, you know, alumni network. So um, the, the progress has been really strong. I, I would say probably our, my biggest accomplishment to date in this role has really just been kind of stabilized and developing a system for um, educating student athletes about NIL opportunities that 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 is within the sort of compliance 
guidelines and, and, and you know, everyone feels comfortable with. And it's something that we've developed as a team, uh, but really just sort of a, a way of um, uh, initially externally educating a, a brand, a business. Sometimes these are partners that are already part of the, the Learfield group here on campus. They're already an existing university sponsor, or sometimes they're a local business that, that has a connection with the university, but it's educating them about NIL and answering any questions they might have and sort of teaching them about the value of Northwestern and, and Northwestern student athletes. Um, and then, and then taking information um, from them and turning around and sharing that with student athletes so that they can make a choice of whether or not they want to uh, participate in an NIL activity. And then and connecting the two and, and making sure the brand and the student are connected and then and then providing support on the back end. So we're, you know, my, my role is kind of unique in the sense that I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an agent. I'm not a salesperson. Um, I mentioned to you before, my goal is just sort of the, the optimization and, and the, um, the, the resources here for student athletes. And so sometimes that is going to be as granular as a particular opportunity with a business. And sometimes it's more about how are we using university communications tools like Teamworks or, or how are we using these different things that are uh, at our disposal to um, create the best sort of uh, scenario possible for students. Uh, but no, I mean, things have been going very well. Uh, that was a long answer to a to a shorter question, but things have been going well. No, it's a great answer. It, it gives a lot of insight into Again, as lay fans, we see those things that are in the media about those large deals. But to me, I always see that as we're supposed to be mortal enemies in some way because I went to undergrad at Purdue, which have not a single ounce of dislike for Indiana University in my body. Sorry, nobody's perfect. I won't hold it against you. (laughs) I tell you what, Indiana University is a whole lot more fun than Purdue. I spent (laughs) a lot of time in Bloomington, Indiana in my my life. But I always saw this as something, If and I'm sure you saw this in Bloomington as well, and you see it in Evanston. But in West Lafayette, there's great opportunities for those local businesses. Like you said, you think of, of you know, big sponsor of, of Purdue, a big donor, Purdue, Bob Roman, who owned car dealerships. Really great opportunities for those student athletes to be in those local type deals. To me, I always thought of that as like the best use case for those things, not the large nationwide situations that, you know, we often see in the media. But the interesting thing that you bring up is, is the facilitation of these things. And so from your role and and you do day to day, is it more athletes come to you that they were approached for an opportunity? Do brands come to you and are looking for specific athletes? How does that transaction or interaction between the two sides work? So they take on a lot of different shapes and sizes. I I would say the, the, um, the, the, the circumstances that I encounter more often than not are working with a student athlete that, that may have already been contacted by a brand or may have already um, had a communication and really my, my focus there I, and I, I know I'm beating this to death but I mean this is this is what I do it's education and it's resources so it's just kind of like so basically my office is on the third floor of the Walter Athletic Center in the academic advising area so students are used to coming in here for for uh, help with their their academics with tutors with course registration and, and the reason why I'm situated here it, it was a thoughtful decision by the university because they ideally we want students to view me as a resource in the same fashion. So if you're a, a student on the wrestling team and you got contacted by a wrestling apparel company and they are, you know, uh, they they send you a contract or they send you a, a breakdown of here's what we could do. And as a student, you're just you just don't know. You don't want to get in trouble, but but you, it's kind of exciting and you want to do it. I mean, that's exactly the type of scenario that, that I'd love for someone to, to walk into my office with. And I I can talk you through and, and it's you know, we're. I'm not in the business of giving legal advice, so I, I my my area of expertise is not so much on the 
the fine print of the contract or the dollar amounts or hey should you ask for this or, or all that it's more about the the sort of safety and security of the of the student and then the um helping them understand you know what what are your objectives with this partnership what are the brand's objectives do the two meet is this something that that you that fits your um your, your 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 sort of lifestyle and something that you want to uh be a part of if the answer is yes then let's do it it's great i mean the 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 um you know nil at its core is the right to publicity it's a student's right to their own publicity and so it, it oftentimes I, I know i can but people can be guilty of sort of overcomplicating things but if if it's a if it's a product a service or a brand that you're comfortable endorsing and you are uh, happy with the compensation that's being offered then then why not go for it so i'd say that's the majority of the these situations that i've encountered the the system that i was just breaking down for you basically how of, of external education and then internal sort of opportunity awareness education um that has been more brands that have approached the university either through the uh learfield the multimedia rights partner or through the the athletic department so um the, the majority of that has been um uh you know just sort of uh, opportunities that, that have arisen um not so much sort of uh, you know, back to my ticket sales days, general, you know, specific outbound uh, 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 outreach, um, because the, the, there's ample opportunity being situated where we are in Chicago, there, there's no shortage of businesses that uh, are, could benefit from working with Northwestern student athletes. Yeah, for sure. In Evanston itself, in Chicago, the greater Chicago land area, I think it brings a ton of opportunities. We've talked a ton about the student athletes and also sort of the university where you're situated, but there's another facet to this that makes me think about the coaches. Do you have much interaction with the coaches around that. Do you think that the NIL and the prospect of name, image, and likeness plays into recruiting in any way? Yeah, for sure. Yep. I work closely with our coaches uh, in the same way that I work with, with just about every stakeholder. Um, you know, my, my focus there is really help, it's building awareness of, of the resources that we have available for, for athletes and how those resources can help. Um, like really coaches have a ton going on. They have a lot to focus on. Uh, my goal is making their lives easier and it's providing support for student athletes. Um, I, I, we never want to put a coach in a position where they feel like they are responsible for um, enforcing or not enforcing it, or, or I, I should, shouldn't, Say enforcing, I should say, um, encouraging or not encouraging a certain NIL activity. That, that's that's um, shouldn't be their focus. That's what I'm here for. So it's you know really the, the more work I can do directly with student athletes, the more it'll help them focus on what really matters, which is their you know competing and, and winning games. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, I mean it, it, it does factor in really um, you know um, what I would hope a recruit would see is that the school Northwestern has made an investment in. NIL operations. They're they're not only in the relationship with Altius, but in, in having a full-time on-campus GM uh, for NIL support and just seeing how valuable that can be. I think that has to be comforting to student athletes in a way. I've heard a lot of conversations around how student athletes sometimes have a hard time navigating these things. It's just, they get a little overwhelming in that sense. You talked about these opportunities and being situated in Chicagoland area and the investment Northwestern makes in that those student athletes, but it, to sort of play that out a little further, what about Northwestern do you think makes it a unique place that can be leveraged from an NIL perspective? Yeah, I think there's a lot. I mean, for starters, it's 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 where we're situated, right? So this is a it's a major media uh, market. Um, where you know, Evanston itself is a, is a, is a big city, and there's a lot going on right in our backyard. But you know, our we call ourselves Chicago's Big Ten team for a reason. You know, we're 
uh, on the doorstep of the city. And, and there's there's really sort of unlimited um, access and unlimited resources from a business standpoint in the city of Chicago. So there's no question that just geographically we're, we're, we're positioned well. Um, beyond that, it's, you know, Northwestern is a, a, a very prestigious sort of academic university. Um, our, our, that, that that's, you know, we, we have that reputation for a reason because our, our student athletes tend to be very thoughtful. Um, our leadership, our uh, alumni network, um, it, it's, it's pretty special. I mean, I know obviously we are a, if you look at the alumni base, it's it's smaller than other schools in the Big Ten, but really only only in in uh, quantity and, and not in quality. Um, it's you know uh, the the strength of the school is producing leaders. There's I was looking at a stat the other day. There's like. 20 fortune 500 CEOs that are Northwestern alums, which is one of the, one of the most of any school um, beyond just those major companies. I mean, they're they're. I know this from my sponsorship days, because this is a stat I would put at the front of every, every pitch deck um, Northwestern alumni are four times more likely to be a small business owner than the average Chicagoan. So it's a, you know, Northwestern itself is a, is a very, um, uh, professionally savvy and, and industrious place. And so as a result, our, our student athletes um, tend to be as well, and, and they have access to a really strong network. So I, I think that it's, um, you know, we're what we may lack in, in um, you know, the, the, the sort of um, general size, it, we more than make up for in uh, the, the, the types of folks that, that our student athletes get, get access to. You said a really interesting word in that. And I think I've seen this as well with student athletes that that I've had in in my course. I think the thoughtfulness certainly is there. From those student athletes, you can see in my course or in the program, the understanding that they're getting an education, but they can parlay those skills that they have as an athlete and the experiences they have as an athlete, couple that with the education to really do something inside or outside of sports, which I think is, it's a credit to Northwestern in the fact that they're preparing them in that way and a credit to student athletes that they see the reality inside of that because it does give an opportunity to create really interesting opportunities for them. I think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Brad. Sorry. I was going to say, I've been blown away by the student athletes that I, that I've met with. It's, you know, I've only been in this role for about four months and, and in the middle of that was, was Thanksgiving and winter break, but I've had the chance to to sit with a a few dozen student athletes at this point. And every single one of them, I've been really, really impressed with their approach, their, um, they're really their professional skill set, even at a very young age. Um, and, and I always make sure to point that out because, I mean, I, I really think that the the experience that you can get through one NIL deal or even just the process of trying to put an NIL deal together is is worth its weight in gold, even compared with a, an internship or what you might be doing in a, in a, in a business office. I, there was a student athlete in here the other day that, that was talking me through her process for, for outreach and contacting brands. Um, and I, seriously, I, I, all I had to say was keep going. You know, I, I, I have a wealth of resources and knowledge and, and I'm happy to share with it whenever necessary, but she didn't need much from me. She, the, a lot of these Northwestern students are, are really, um, they're smart in the way that they're approaching uh, NIL and, and all they, um, you know, really need is just a, a pat on the back and just saying, awesome job, keep it up. You took the words out of my mouth in the sense that one of the things that I often hear, I was on a panel discussion about this last year was that people are off to, very often to bring up the worry first. All these things are ripe for some level of things going bad for students or bad for a university. But the point this other person on the panel was making is what an amazing opportunity to get marketing, contract, finance, branding experience for a student athlete. And if the, the remit of a university is to prepare students for life, you know, after they graduate, after they're done playing sports, what an excellent opportunity to give them that ability to do all those things, which some of them they learn in the classroom, but doing this from an NIL perspective 
they get to do it on a much more granular level and a much more personal level. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that that's always Altius's approach. And that, that's one of the things I, I've, I've really enjoyed most about getting to know the, the company and, and the way we operate is, is we're, we're always a student athlete first approach. And we're, we're always focused on, um, you know, supporting students directly. Our, the founder of the company is a guy named Casey Schwab, who, who was a uh, longtime NFL Players Association leader. And he, he had started Altius to really bring like a pro model of empowerment and support to the college ranks with, with NIL being um, the focus. And, and, and so that, that's been from an education standpoint. I mean, that's we're, we're always sort of athlete first and, and we partner with the university and the universities are, are athlete first as well, because it's the, the, the goal is to ensure that um, all these student athletes have, have like, there's no shortage of resources, no shortage of options for them. Um, so that, that, that's definitely the altiest model for sure. Yeah. I think it's a great model. One of the things that I, don't understand as well, and maybe some of our listeners don't as well, is the concept of collectives. And we hear that term a lot in the NIL space. Can you explain to us what these collectives are and how how they sort of operate? Definitely. Yeah. I, the word we used earlier was evolving, right? I, the evolution. The collectives are, are definitely something that have that that evolved out of the, the the larger evolution of NIL and continue to to evolve. So, I mean, really, you know, a, a collective, it's as simple as a group of uh, donors or alumni, uh, people that are um, uh, grouping together to um create funds that that go to student athletes. And so that that's the basic definition. Every school, every um, kind of fan base is going to have maybe a, a sort of different variable or, or different um, set to it. Um, so I, th- there is a group uh, at Northwestern that that is forming up. They haven't publicly announced yet, so I, I, I will um, I'll, I'll leave it to them to to talk about most of that. But we're, we're we have uh, you know provided the, the NU collective group with education in the same way that we've worked with stakeholders here on campus. Altius is we work really closely with collectives at, at each of the partner schools that we have, and so it, you know in the same way that we're able to look at best practices and make uh, uh, sort of you know uh, provide education to these groups, we're we're doing the same here at Northwestern. And, and like I said, there's a group that's forming up that'll that'll um, be uh, sort of, I think, publicly announced here pretty soon. You mentioned earlier the the quantity and the quality piece in the alumni. I think looking at Northwestern from a size, Northwestern size, just from a students and, and faculty perspective and the athletic footprint they have. Do you see any challenges because of that size and footprint or back to what you said earlier, because of the quality of that alumni and so on? It really doesn't actually matter. So the, I mean, I don't view, really view any of it as a, as a challenge. I just kind of view it as a as a difference. Um, I, you know, I'd say for Northwestern, maybe that the, the one key difference just being that because of our, you know, the school's high academic standards, it, it, it can sometimes make um, the recruiting process, I think, m- more difficult. But I mean, that's not necessarily anything that that hits my desk or, or that my, myself or Altius are involved with. It's just it's a, it's a larger challenge for the school that, you know, as a result, from an NIL standpoint, I don't, we might never see the, the, the type of sort of national superstar that's generating these, these monster deals, but that, I mean, that's okay. Because like I said, I, the, the goal is just, you know, optimizing whatever NIL means for each individual student athlete here at Northwestern. And if, if that's a smaller deal, that's okay. It's just, we, you know, we're, our, we don't gauge it based on the, 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 the dollar amount. So I, I, I don't think we're particularly challenged um, just because of the, the size of the alumni base. It's a really cool way to phrase that, optimizing it for what it means for each student-athlete. For some student-athletes, it may mean that huge deal, but for others, it may mean walking around money. You always hear the story 
was it, I think back to the five, Fab Five documentary about Jalen Rose. You just have to borrow a coat from somebody because he didn't have money to buy a winter coat. And it, then that leads to him taking money from so on and so on. And so in this instance, it gives a student the opportunity to get some walking around money to be able to do things like one, enjoy themselves or two, have essentials that they need. And I think that's one of the huge benefits for them. But other students, they don't necessarily need that money, but that experience is invaluable. The experience of the contracting and so on. Yep. Yeah, you said it for sure. That, that, that's the point I always emphasize is the, um, the money is one form of compensation, but there's a lot that student athletes can get from these partnerships and d- definitely the professional experience. We, we had touched on that for sure that just the, 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 the process going through it is valuable. Um, also it's, you know, th- there's a certain sort of element of kind of notoriety. Northwestern has a, a partnership with uh, fanatics where, and this is something that, that a lot of schools have replicated, but it's a uh, name and number program where you can buy a, a t-shirt or a sweatshirt with a student's uh, name that, you know, from fanatics.com that's got their name and number on there. And that's, you know, that's not something that any student, even the most popular in the country is going to gonna be able to retire on. It's not, it's not a, a million dollar type proposition, but what it is, is a, you know, if you're an athlete and you, you, you bust your butt and you, you have your scholarship athlete and you're, you're, you know, achieving at the highest level, it means your friends and family can buy something with your name on it and they can wear it to support you. And, you can you can turn around and tweet those links out or share those on Instagram. And it's, you know, it, it, for some of these sports where college is the top level and there might not be professional ranks, it's 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 a really cool um, kind of, you know, nice special addition to the experience. So th- there's there's sort of unlimited benefit um, to to the world of NIL. It is cool to see it. there is intrinsic value in the fact of it is just cool to see the ability to buy it. A- shirt with your name and number on it and your fans be able to support you. It's not an opportunity that, well, I guess it was an opportunity that some college athletes had in the past, but they didn't necessarily see any, <laughs> any revenue from that. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's better that, that those students can some revenue from it and so on. We talked about some of those student athletes, historically speaking from Northwestern, one of those former student athletes, Zach Oliver, who was a guest on the podcast last year, Yeah, he works for a, a he, him and his brother started a company that it essentially does the the matching of these types of deals. It's an app-based company that allows you to, he described it in the podcast and to me as, as one part social network, one part restaurant review, one part information. So when a brand is looking for a specific student athlete, it can help to marry those things up. Have you come across that type of approach or is that seen much in the space at Northwestern? So uh, I, Northwestern doesn't have a, a specific uh, marketplace for, for NIL. So we, we the, the, the university has not partnered with a, a tech solution for that. Um, I, I have in, in, in working with Altius, I mean, that, that's one of the areas where we advise schools where, where you know, my focus obviously being in Northwestern, but our, our, uh, my counterparts that, that work across multiple schools, um, I, we have a, a, a gigantic document we call a market roadmap where we basically have our arms around just about every player in the space, more than just the marketplace solutions as well, but also some of the like tech companies behind things like NFTs and the um, uh, avatars and, uh, you know, the um, it's impossible to, I think, to have every single company listed just because there are so many, but um, as far as some of the major players in the space, that's one of the areas that Altius will provide education and support for schools when they're looking for partners in, in a certain area. Um, I, you know, I, Northwestern does use uh, influencer for, for athlete disclosure. So we, we've had a relationship with them. We have a, there, there's a platform where students can, um, 
it's it's required by by the university policy to uh, disclose any nil nil activity. So that that's a solution that uh, I work on. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, today I, Northwestern hasn't really seen the need for um, a, a larger scale solution, but things are are, are you know fluid and, and sort of always being evaluated. I know this is going to be a really hard question to answer, but to put a cap on the conversation, we we'll get you out of here on this. We talked about how everything is evolving, but being ingrained in the space every day, how do you see this playing out in the short, medium, and long term? What does the NIL landscape look like in 2024, in 2030, and potentially even further than that? Do you think it's something that becomes ingrained in the fabric of college athletics? Is it something that is a stepping stone to something else, or is it something that you think could go away completely? I certainly don't think it's going away. I mean, that, that, that's for sure. I mean, it's, you know, the, um, uh, the, 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 the cat's out of the bag, definitely. But, um, you know, I, I would say that, that um, in my limited time sort of working in the space, um, I, I have seen movement from universities and schools towards um, building out as much of a sort of NIL vertical or an NIL department uh, as they can within an athletic department. And a lot of that is dictated by, by resources and, and by manpower and bandwidth. Uh, but, I, you know, I think it's one of the one of the areas where uh, this GM program that I, I am in from Altius has, has been a desirable outcome for a lot of schools. It's, it's growing. Uh, we, we just added a, uh, a, a GM at uh, Notre Dame and, and there's uh, openings and, and we'll be filling them soon at, at a few other schools that have been announced. So I think that you'll see schools um, uh, further focus on developing um, the aspects of NIL that they can control, which is specifically the education and the, and the resources, um, try to use that as a, as a as a way of eliminating any of the negative aspects that, that can be associated with NIL, which is, you know, more on the, the compliance and the NCAA violation side. Uh, and then really just, I, I said earlier that NIL at its core is it's a student's right to publicity. And so in my best estimation i think over time you'll see businesses will um they'll, they'll arrive at what the real value of, of nil is which is you know can be immensely valuable if used correctly some of the sort of shiny newness of of nil marketing campaigns might might wear off which i think is only going to benefit um, student athletes in the long run because it means they're working on tangible valuable uh ex, you know ex, exchanges with, with brands as opposed to a, a company that might just want to throw throw money at, at whatever's brand new um so I, I i view nil as something that is it's certainly not going away i think it's an important part of um all of sports it, it's definitely something that dating back to my experience on the on the pro side we always had endorsements written into sponsorship contracts and uh player appearances and things of that nature and and, and so I, I think nil is going to function really in the same capacity for the university where it's a um just like all the other uh things that schools make available for for students a a, a healthy and robust uh library of resources for nil is going to be evaluated the same way the two things I do know, one, I'm much smarter around this whole thing. I think our listeners will be as well after this conversation. I think it's really enlightening and I would agree with you. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to be an interesting evolution, but that evolution is cool to see it being crafted by people like yourself that are providing those resources for those students to make the decisions that they want and craft what they want to do in that space for themselves. So we appreciate the time today, Brad. I, I really enjoy the conversation. Enjoy seeing you as always. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Great talking to you. And any MSA students out there that ever want to reach out, please do.